Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. I'm Tony Newmark. This is Parshad Mikates on Purely Pshat. Let's go. So the first Aliyah speaks about Yosef interpreting Paro's dreams. So at the end of two years, Paro was dreaming, and all of a sudden he was standing by the Nile. And then from the Nile, there were seven nice-looking, well-built cows coming up from the Nile, and they were pasturing in the marshland. And then all of a sudden, seven other ugly-looking, thin cows were coming up after them from the Nile. And they stood next to the other cows on the bank of the Nile. And then the ugly-looking, thin cows devoured the seven nice-looking, well-built cows. And Paro woke up. And he fell asleep and dreamt again. And he saw that seven healthy and good ears of grain were growing on one stalk. And there were seven thin ears of grain parts on the east wind. They were growing after them. And then the thin ears of grain swallowed up the seven healthy and full ears of grain. And Paro woke up and that was his dream. And in the morning, his mind was going crazy, so he sent and called for all the sorcerers of Egypt and all their sages. And Paro told them all of his dreams, but no one was able to interpret them for Paro. So the chief butler spoke to Paro and he said, I am mentioning my wrongdoings today. And when Paro was angry with his servants, he put me in prison in the house of the chief slaughterer, me and the chief baker. And we both dreamed different dreams on the same night. And every person had a dream that determined his destiny. And there was a Hebrew person with us, a slave of the chief slaughterer. And we told it to him. And he interpreted our dreams for us. And he gave each person an interpretation of their dream. And then things happened just like he interpreted for us. He restored me to my position. And the other one was hanged. So Paro sent and called for Yosef and they rushed him from the dungeon and he cut his hair and he changed his clothes and he came to Paro. The second Aliyah continues. Paro said to Yosef, I've had a dream. There's no one who can interpret it, but I've heard that it's said about you with certainty that you listen to a dream and interpret it. And Yosef replied to Paro and he said, it's not from me. God will put an answer that will please Paro. And Paro said to Yosef, In my dream, I was standing on the bank of the Nile. And then all of a sudden, seven well-built, nice-looking cows were coming up from the Nile, and they were pasturing in the marshland. And then seven other cows were coming up after them, weak, very ugly-looking, and thin. So bad that I've never seen them like that throughout the entire land of Egypt. And then the thin, ugly cows devoured the first seven healthy cows. And they were swallowed up inside of them. But you couldn't recognize that they've been inside of them. And they looked as ugly as they were to start. And then I woke up. And I saw in my dreams, seven ears of healthy and good grain were growing on one stalk. And all of a sudden, seven thin ears of dehydrated grain, parched by the east wind, were growing directly after them. And then the thin ears of grain swallowed up the seven good ears of grain. And I told all the sorcerers, but no one could tell me anything. So Yosef said to Paro, Paro's dreams have a single meaning. God told Paro what he's planning to do. The seven good cows are seven years, and the seven good ears of grain 
are seven years. It's one dream. The seven thin and ugly cows coming up after them are seven years just like the seven bare ears of grain, beaten by the east wind. There will be seven years of famine. And it's like I told Paro, God has shown Paro what he is about to do. So seven years of great abundance are coming throughout the entire land of Egypt. And seven years of famine will follow them, when all the abundance in the land of Egypt will be forgotten. The famine will destroy the land. And the abundance won't be recognized because of the famine that will follow it, because it will be so severe. And concerning the repetition of the dream to Paro, this is because the matter is already before God, and God will carry it out quickly. And now, Paro should select a person who is understanding and wise, and appoint him over the land of Egypt. Paro should act and appoint officials over the land, so that the land of Egypt will be prepared during the seven years of abundance, and let them collect all the food from these coming seven years, and they should gather all the grain under Paro's control food guarded in storehouses. And so you'll remain as a reserve for the land for seven years of famine that are going to come to the land of Egypt. So the land will not be destroyed by this famine. In the next section, Yosef is appointed as the ruler of Egypt. So the matter pleased Paro and all of his servants. And Paro said to the rest of his servants, can we find someone like this, a man who has God's spirit inside of him? The third Aliyah continues this section and also speaks about the seven years of abundance and the birth of Menashe and Ephraim. So Paro said to Yosef, since God has let you know all of this, there's no one as understanding and as wise as you. You will be in charge of my entire household. All my people will be fed on your command. I will only be greater than you because of the throne. And Paro said to Yosef, look that I have appointed you over the entire land of Egypt. Paro removed his ring from his hand and put it on Yosef's hand. And he dressed him in linen robes and placed a gold chain around his neck. And he had him ride in a second chariot and they called out before him, the king's advisor. And they gave him authority over the entire land of Egypt. And Paro said to Yosef, I am Paro. Without your permission, no man can raise his hand or his foot in the entire land of Egypt. And Paro named Yosef Tsafnat Panech. And he gave him Asnat, the daughter of Potipharah, the priest of Oin, as a wife. And Yosef went forth over the land of Egypt. Yosef was 30 years old when he stood before Paro, the king of Egypt. And Yosef then left Paro's presence, and he visited all of the land of Egypt. The next section speaks about the seven years of abundance. So in the seven years of abundance, they made gradual collections of the land. And they collected all of the grain of the seven years that was in the land of Egypt. And he placed the grain inside the cities, and he stored the grain of the fields surrounding each city. And Yosef gathered the grain in large amounts, like the sand of the sea, until he couldn't count anymore, because there was no number to represent it. The next section speaks about the birth of Menashe and Ephraim. Two sons were born to Yosef before the year of the famine. Huasnat, the daughter of Potipharah, the governor of Oin, had for him. And Yosef named the firstborn Menashe, because he said, God has caused me to forget all my hardship and all that was in my father's house. And he named the second one Ephraim. Because God made me fruitful in the land of my subjugation. The fourth Aliyah speaks about the onset of the famine and the brothers appearing before Yosef. So the onset of the famine. When the seven years of plenty that were in the land of Egypt were finished, the seven years of famine began. Just like Yosef said. There was a famine in all of the lands, but throughout the land of Egypt there was bread. 
the entire land of Egypt was hungry. So the people cried out to Paro for bread, but Paro said to all the Egyptians, go to Yosef, do whatever he tells you. And the famine spread to people of the land. Yosef opened all of that which was there, and he sold it to the Egyptians. And the famine intensified in the land of Egypt. All of the earth came to Egypt to buy grain from Yosef because the famine had intensified throughout the entire earth. The next section speaks about the brothers appearing before Yosef. So Yaakov saw that there was grain being sold in Egypt. Yaakov said to his sons, why are you showing off? He said, I've heard that there's grain being sold in Egypt. Go down there and buy us some from there so that we can live and not die. So Yosef's brothers went down to Egypt to buy grain, 10 of them. But Yaakov didn't send Benjamin, Yosef's brother, with the rest of his brothers, because he said, maybe something fatal will happen to him. So the sons of Yisrael came to buy among the visitors, for the land of Canaan was in a famine, and Yosef was the ruler over the land. He was the one who sold grain to all the people of the land. So Yosef's brothers came and they threw themselves to the ground in front of him, with their faces to the ground. Yosef saw his brothers and he recognized them but he acted like a stranger to them. And he spoke harshly to them. He said, where do you come from? From the land of Canaan, they said, to buy food. And Yosef recognized his brothers, but they didn't recognize him. And he remembered the dreams that he had about them. And he said to them, you are spies. You've come to survey the land's weak points. No, my master, they said, your servants have come to buy food. We are all sons of one man were true. Your servants were never spies. And he said, no, you've come to see the land's weak points. And they said, we're your servants. We're 12 brothers, the sons of one man in the land of Canaan. And right now the youngest is with our father and one is lost. And Yosef said to them, when I said to you, you are spies. That's what it was. This will be your test. On Paro's life, you can't leave this place unless your younger brother comes here. So send one of you and let them fetch your younger brother and you'll be imprisoned so your words can be tested when you're telling the truth. But if you don't, as Paro lives, you are spies. And he put them in prison for three days. And on the third day, Yosef said, if you do as I say, you will live. I fear the Almighty. The fifth Aliyah continues. If you are genuine, one of your brothers will remain imprisoned where you are now, when you go and bring back grain and the hunger of your household. Bring your youngest brother to me so that we can verify what you said and you won't die. And they did this. The next section speaks about the brothers repenting. So they said to each other, it's true, we're guilty for our brother because we saw his distress. And when he begged to us, we didn't listen. That's why this is happening to us. Ruvain said to them, he said, didn't I warn you? I said, don't sin against this boy, but you didn't listen. And his blood is now being claimed. And they didn't know that Yosef understood because the interpreter was between them and he turned away from them and he cried. And then he returned to them and he spoke with them. He took Shimon from them and he imprisoned it before their eyes. And Yosef commanded and they filled bags with grain and they returned their money into each person's sack so that they can give them provisions for the journey, which they did for them. And they loaded their grain onto their donkeys and they left. 
And then at the hotel, one of them opened their sack to give food to his donkey. And he saw this money. And there it was at the top of the sack. And he said to his brothers, my money has been returned. And it's here in my sack. And their hearts sank. And they trembled. And they turned to each other and they said, why is God doing this to us? The next section speaks about Yaakov refusing to send Benjamin. So they came to Yaakov, their father, in the land of Canaan. And they told him everything that happened to them. They said, the man, the chief of the land, spoke to us very harshly. And he accused us of spying on the land. And we said to him that we're honest. And we were never spies. We're 12 brothers, the son of our father. One is missing and now the youngest is with our father in the land of Canaan. And the man, the chief of the land, he said, with this I'll know if you're honest. Leave one of your brothers with me. And for the hunger of your households, take some and leave. And bring your youngest brother to me, so that I'll know that you're not spies, and that you're honest. And I'll give you your brother, and you can do business around the land. And then, when they were emptying their sacks, each person's bundle of money was in the sack. And they saw the bundles of their money together with their father, and they became frightened. And their father, Yaakov, said to them, You have made me very upset. Yosef is gone, and Shimon is gone, and you want to take Benjamin too? And all these things are happening to me. Reuben spoke to his father and he said, You can put my two sons to death if I don't bring him to you. You put him into my care and I'll return him to you. And he said, My son won't go down with you because his brother is dead. And he's the only one left. Something is going to happen to him. A fatal occurrence on the way that you're going. And you'll bring my old age into the grave in grief. The next section speaks about Yaakov agreeing. So the famine in the land was so severe. And so when they finished eating the grain that they had brought from Egypt. Their father said to them, go back and buy us a little bit of food. And Yehuda spoke to him and he said, the man repeatedly warned us. He said, you won't see my face if your brother's not with you. And if you send our brother with us, we'll go down and buy food for you. But if you don't send him, we won't go down. Because the man said to us, you won't see my face if your brother's not with you. And Yisrael said, why have you harmed me by telling the man that you have another brother? They said, the man asked us about our family. He said, is your father still alive? Do you have a brother? And we had to tell him to answer these questions. How could we know that he would say, bring your brother down? Yehuda said to Yisrael, his father, send the boy with me and let's get going and we'll travel. And then we'll live and we won't die. Both us and you and our young children too. I'll guarantee it. You can demand him from my hand. And if I don't bring him to you, Standing up before you, I'll have sinned against you forever. Because if we hadn't waited, we would have already returned by now, twice in this time. Yisrael, their father, said to them, If in fact this is true, then do this. Take some of the land's most exclusive products in your bag and bring them to the man as a gift. A little balsam, a little honey, wax, birthwort, pistachios and almonds, and take double the money with you and return the money that was given back in the top of your sacks along with you. Maybe it was an accident. And take your brother and go and return to the man. And may God Almighty grant you mercy before the man so that he can release your other brother and Benjamin back to you. Because I still have this feeling of bereavement. The next section, Yosef is reunited with all of his brothers. So the men took the gift and they took double the amount of money with them and Benjamin. And they got going and they went down to Egypt where they stood before Yosef. The sixth Aliyah continues. Yosef saw Benjamin with them 
And he said to the supervisor of his house, bring the men into the house and slaughter an animal to be prepared because the men are going to eat with me at lunch. And the man did as Yosef said. And the man brought the men into Yosef's house. And the men became afraid because they've been brought into Yosef's house. And they said, we're being brought on account of the money that was put in our sacks earlier as to incite against us that's falling on us and our donkeys. And so they approached the man who supervised Yosef's house and they spoke to him at the house's entrance. And they said, please, sir, we originally came down to purchase food. And then when we came to the hotel and we opened our sacks and each person's money was at the top of his sack, and we brought it back with us. We brought down more money with us to purchase food. We don't know who put money in our sacks. And he said, don't worry. Everything's okay for you. Your merit is the merit of the God of your father who has brought you a hidden gift. I did receive the money that you paid. And he brought Shimon out to them. And the man brought them into Yosef's house and he gave them water and they washed their feet and he gave food to their donkeys. And they prepared the gift before Yosef came for lunch because they heard that they would be eating there. When Yosef came home, they brought him the gift that they had with them into the house and they threw themselves on the ground in front of him. And he asked about their welfare. And then he asked them, is your elderly father who you mentioned? Is he well? Is he still alive? They said, your servant, our father is well. He is still alive. And they bowed. And then they threw themselves to the ground. And he looked around and saw Benjamin, his brother, his mother's son. He said, is this your little brother who you told me about? He said, may God be gracious to you, my son. The seventh Aliyah continues. His compassion was suddenly stirred up over his brother and he wanted to cry. So he quickly went into the room and he cried there. And he washed his face and he came out and he restrained himself. He said, put out the food. And they set for him separately and for them separately and for the Egyptians who ate with them were separate since the Egyptians could not eat food with the Hebrews because it's an abomination to the Egyptians. And they sat before him, the firstborn according to his birthright, to the youngest according to his young age. And the men were astonished at each other. He had portions brought to them from before him. Benjamin's portion was five times as large as any of their portions. And they drank and became drunk with him. In the next section, Yosef's goblet is planted into Benjamin's sack. He commanded the supervisor of his house and he said, fill the men's sacks with food as much as they can carry and put each man's money into the top of their sack and put my goblet, the silver goblet, into the top of the youngest sack with his money and his grain. And he carried out the instructions that Yosef said. And when it became light the next morning, the men were sent away, both them and their donkeys. And then when they left the city and they didn't go far, Yosef said to the supervisor of his house, go and chase after these men. And when you overtake them, ask them, why have you repaid good with evil? This is none other than the thing that my master drinks from. He divines with it regularly. Who did this evil act? And he overtook them and he said these words to them. And they said, why should my master say these things? Far be it from your servants to do something like this. Look, we returned you the money that we found in the top of our sacks from the land of Canaan. How could we steal silver or gold from your master's house? 
Whichever one of your servants is found to have it, he'll die. And also, we will be slaves to my master. He replied and he said, it's true, you're right. The one who's found to have it will be my slave. And they hurried and each one lowered his sack to the ground and opened their sack. And they searched. He started with the oldest one and finished with the youngest. The goblet was found in Binyamin's sack. And they tore their garments. Each one of them loaded up their donkey and they returned to the city. In the final section, Binyamin is retained and the other brothers are sent home. So Yehuda and his brothers came to Yosef's house. And he was still there. And they fell on the ground in front of him. And Yosef said to them, What is this deed that you've done? Don't you know that any person like me regularly practices divination? And Yehuda said, What should we say to my master? How can we speak? How can we justify ourselves? God has found your servants guilty. Both we and the one who possesses this goblet has been found. And we will be slaves. He said, no, I won't do this. The man who's found to be in possession of the goblet will be my slave. And you can all go in peace to your father. This was Parshat Miketz on Purely Pshat. I'm Tony Newmark. Have a great Shabbat.